Hello everyone, welcome to the Chase Talks Hip Hop Podcast And I'm a little out of breath because I just hit up the Aerodyne bike Got my cardio going, did some intervals, but enough of that I just want to ask, I, I just, I'm actually here just to talk about Jay Dilla And the impact of Jay Dilla And a while ago, I think a few years ago, I made a Legends podcast about him and I just want to give like some, uh, you know, some follow up thoughts about Jay Dilla because for me, he is um, such an inspiration and influence. And whenever I find myself going through lulls of um, maybe a creative depression, I like to watch videos of Jay Dilla in the studio to kind of get me out of it because of his spirit. There is something to say about Jay Dilla's spirit. And there's even more to say with the fact that I believe he invented lo fi hip hop beats. I believe he is the original creator of that sound. And to see the impact that Dilla has left is very astronomical because I think any producer, if you're any producer, you study Dilla. Any hip-hop producer, whatever whatever kind of producer you are musically, you have to study Jay Dilla because Jay Dilla's technical prowess is, just, is out of this world. I mean, he would literally, uh, he, he glued a piece of foam to a pencil just so he could get the right sound from his NPC with the right pressure because he didn't want to be too heavy with his fingers at point. So that had, that's a lot, you know, a lot to think on because it's just Jay Dilla was working with different equipment. And even then, back then, he was hoarding new equipment, learning uh, Pro Tools, etc. Like he wasn't just a guy just using the NPC. He was such an equipped producer and he could do anything. And um, it's very sad he's gone because I feel like he did more than scratch the surface. He left an amazing body of work that's going to influence people for time for time and time again. But just imagine if what he could do with some trap shit. I, I think Dilla, to me, is one of the most versatile producers that kind of gets just seen as purely boom bap. But Jay Dilla, if you listen to the Detroit sound, there are electronic elements. And um, you look at who Dilla has produced for. You think about Common. You think of Slum Village. <laughs> You think of Erica Badu, the, the, this amazing lineup of artists, Dilla to me, like he was able to cultivate this own sound through these, through sampling, finding records, crate digging, etc. And I might have to do a, a podcast about crate digging. That'd be a good idea. What do you guys think about, of a, po- about a podcast called Crate Digging, The Lost Art? <laughs> I'm going to write that down. The lost art of crate digging. I mean, because that's the thing too, like from personal experience, I remember going down to Portland looking for records and it kind of put me in that mindset of a Jay Dilla where like Jay Dilla, when he went to the record store, that shit was business. He was looking to find samples, sounds, something to work off of. And I don't know, like when I think of Jay Dilla's discography, he has so many good records. He has E equals MC squared with Common. He has the joint with the far side. He, no, I don't know that he didn't do passing me by. Um, what is it? I believe he does have a. I think he has a record with Far Side. I know that he does. Uh, he has the beat tapes. Um, he has Donuts, which is definitely a classic. He has Champion Sound with Mad Champion Sound with Madlib. And this isn't even like me talking about the people that he's actually produced for. I want to actually talk about the people he produced for more and uh, look through his production credits because, uh, let's see. Yeah, he did work with Farside. He did the running beat, running, just keep running away. Yeah, so he, he worked with Farside for a few albums. 
He worked with A Tribe Called Quest on Beats, Rhymes, and Life, which I really think that's an underrated album. I really think that Beats, Rhymes, and Life, that shit's an underrated album. Um, you got Busta Rhymes. He was Jay Dilla was on pretty much every Busta Rhyme album. You got De La Soul, Keith Murray, uh, more Far Side, Proof, Proof. He worked with Proof, aka um, member of D12, friend of Eminem. God bless his soul. Proof, Proof has a really good album called Searching for Gary Gary Garcia, and uh, I'm gonna have to do a, Le- a Legends podcast about him because simply because. I feel like there isn't enough um, there isn't enough content out there about the guy. I think that his story is really amazing, and I think that proof um, him going out the way he did is tragic, and it's just fucked up and sad because of how good of an artist he was, and uh, how much talent he, he he was just starting to scratch the surface, scratch the surface, and give to the world, you know. And whenever we lose a young artist. It's an element of reflection that we have to take because it's a what the fuck moment. Like, how did this happen? It's all around traumatic, you know, towards his family, you know, towards everybody. It's very sad. Um, let's see. So in 98, you got Dilla working with the Bizarre, Funk Master Flex, Heavy D, Fat Cat, Fife Dog. He was even on the Amplified album by Q-Tip. Yeah, so and, and Common, like Water for Chocolate. Now, this album I wanted to get down to because... Let's see, it looks like Jay Dilla produced Time Traveling, Heat, Doing It, The Light. The Light is a great record. Funky For You, The Questions, a film called Pimp, Nag Champa, Thelonious, and Payback as a Grandmother. Um, Like Water for Chocolate is a great album because it was like held down to a few producers. It was Jay, it was Jay Dilla. Uh, DJ Premier James Poyser, um, Quest Love was also a producer on it. So, when you have a dream team of producers like that, I think shit's just bound to work out. <sighs> See, Slum Village, Fantastic Volume One and Two, of course. Slum Village. Uh, shout to that brother Elzai. Elzai is one of my favorite MCs. The dude is a fucking rapper's rapper, spitterific spitter. I don't think anyone can can deal with him. Um. As far as like Elzai, I think Elzai is a really top caliber MC. Just the way he uses his words, the way he's able to do his multi-syllables and push them together, that's pretty incredible. Um, I didn't know Jay Dilla had production. I talked about this album yesterday, Quality. Um, no, last week, Quality by Talib Kweli. Apparently, D- Dilla has uh, Where Do We Go and Stand to the Side, which are a couple of my favorite tracks. I didn't know that they were Jay Dilla joints either. So Jay Dilla has a lot of songs where maybe you don't, maybe they're not exactly that original Jay Dilla sound, but um, there is something to it. And like you also have um, "Life Goes On" with the voice of Five Nine. I fucking love that track. Um, Jay Dilla always cared about his hometown, Detroit. He always did. He always worked with people in Detroit. And um, sorry, I'm losing my voice. I guess that Aerodyne machine really took it out of me. Legs feel like jello. Um, and then you get into his posthumous releases. All of this. Um, he had beats on uh, on Ghostface Killer's Fish Scale. Beats on the Roots. Beats on the Game Theory album by the Roots. Um, Finding Forever. I don't think that there is an album that Common has done that doesn't have Jay Dilla. Maybe his earlier works. Um, dun, dun, dun. Charles Hamilton. Fun fact, when I was younger, I did a whole entire tribute tape to Jay Dilla 
when I was like first making music and I was stuck in a hotel room because my family, um, our bathroom, our downstairs bathroom uh, broke and it flooded the bottom of the house. So we ended up living in a hotel for a bit and I would just listen to Jay Dilla and I made a bunch of mixtapes in that time. But um, yeah, it's for me. But you got a bunch of tracks, like a bunch of people have used Dilla's beats from XV to Big Sean, Joey Badass. I really like that. Um, I really like what Joey Badass did on 1999 with those Dilla beats. Let's see. You got production credits off Before the Money, with um, which is the Joey Badass album. And it makes me think, like, where do they find the Dilla beat? Because I, I really like... Um, I really like this record with uh, Joey Badass called Like Me, BJ the Chicago Kid. I didn't know that has a Dilla production. That's incredible. Big up to Joey Badass for that shit. Damn, Triple X. Everyone has uh, rapped on Dilla beats. And most recently, we have Busta Rhymes Extinction Level Event 2, which I'm going to have to do a legend segment on Busta Rhymes. And I got to remind myself. Damn, what a good album, too. Extinction, if you haven't heard Extinction Level Event 2, The Wrath of God, I suggest you do. Bunch of amazing production. Um, but Jay Dilla, Jesus Christ, you know, Jay Dilla, when I look through his career and um, what he brought to the table, I think it, it's very much, very, very um, unique what he did. He, he totally helped revamp the sound of hip-hop and... He changed the, the world. I think he changed the face of music. Um, I think he changed the, the face of music entirely. I really think that without Jay Dilla, um, there wouldn't be a whole lot of shit. You know, there, there wouldn't be a whole lot of... I, I think if there wasn't Jay Dilla, we wouldn't have as much expression like uh, with instrumental tapes, beat tapes. I feel like beat tapes wouldn't have been as popular. I think beat tapes have grown to prominence now because of what Jay Dilla did, putting out those instrumental albums and shit. And same thing with Pete Rock and DJ Premier. Nothing to take, not to take away from them or Madlib or Questlove, Kanye or Flying Lotus. I'm not trying to take away from any of these people, but um, yeah, it's very just heartbreaking too when you think about the career of Jay Dilla and, and his death. His death is very sad. But here's an article that came out a few years ago where it recalls the the time of his death and uh, it talks about some of his accomplishments, etc. Even if you're not all that familiar with the name James Yancey, you know Jay Dilla's sound. The Detroit-born producer may have only had a brief bump in the spotlight before he died on this day in 06 at 32 years of old, at 32 years of age from an incurable blood disease and lupus, yet he had an influence way beyond his ears. What was I saying? He was a craftsman, a producer, who had a way with sounds which was both distinctive and idiosyncratic. Many other producers of his vintage worked electronic noises, eerie samples, and warm, evocative instrumental snatches into the boom bat. But you could recognize Dilla a piece of work a mile away. Recognize, but you could recognize a Dilla piece of work a mile away. Your head would nod, your feet would shuffle, your mind would spin. The maestro attracted big name box office acts like Erica Badu, The Roots, The Far Side, De La Soul, Busta Rhymes, Bo Steph, Common, and many more. They came around they came around to his house because he would give their sounds another dimension, another factor. They probably also dug the vibes which his brilliant producer brought to the stu which this brilliant producer brought to the studio. 
What's interesting about Dilla is his influence since his death. A month doesn't go by that you don't hear a track from an act, hip-hop, or otherwise, which reminds you of his work. It's how his blueprints have gone on to inform the handiwork of countless other acts and producers, which is Dilla's real legacy as much as the records he left behind. From the double X, the flying Lotus, to every wide-eyed Maverick producer aiming to record the buckwild sounds they hear in their heads, Jay Dilla's soundscapes have cast a wide net. There are times when you check out the work of the new school that it feels like Dilla never went away. The Dilla story begins in the Motorist City, where the son of a singing mother and a bass and piano playing father started dancing to James Brown and Michael Jackson when he was two years of age, making beats when he was 11 and making trips to the local park with records and a turntable soon afterwards. You hear a lot about how music in the home influences the life choices of the kid, and there was little doubt that the Yancey household, where the parents had a had acapella jazz group influenced by influenced the young Dilla. He studied the cello as a kid, not the instrument of choice in the ghetto, as his mother puts it in the sleeve notes to posthumous album Sweet for Ma Dukes. And perhaps it was the influence of those classical lessons which put the twist on productions where put the twist on productions where instead of the strict four bar pattern, Dilla favored five, seven, and eleven bar loops. By the time he was in his early 20s, Dilla's rich drum sounds, warm, fuzzy instrumentation, and endlessly inventive melodies were, were very much in demand. Aside from the A-list acts bringing his number, such was the demand for his services that he could have spent all his time in the studio working on Janet Jackson and Tribe Called Quest releases. Dilla had his own projects to keep on track. He steered the ship for Detroit Slum Village, joined the Uma production team with Q-Tip and Ali Shaheed Muhammad, and was part of the Soulquarians Collective alongside such heavy hitters as Common, Most Def, Quest Love, Erica Badu, and others. All of this activity spread the word about his sounds. Listening back to the records Dilla made while he was alive, there's a spirit to them which is hugely infectious. They're heavy on rhythm and percussion, and percussion, and more often than not, slightly offbeat. It was beautifully yet bizarre. It was beautiful yet bizarre music. Sounds which were twisted and manipulated seamlessly by the wizard into great slabs of sound. One of the best places to start your Dilla digging is probably Donuts. Released in 2006, just three days after his death, he recorded the album on a portable sound system from his hospital bed. For the previous four years, Dilla had fought a battle against his health problems. Blood tests in O2 had shown that he had both lupus as well as thrombotic, uh, thrombotopenic, Purpura, a blood disorder, I know I fucking butchered that, a blood disorder that causes microscopic thrombosis to form in blood vessels. By autumn 2005, Dilla was confined to the Cedars-Sinai Hospital in Los Angeles, the hospital where Eazy-E and the notorious B.I.G. had died. He probably knew him, he probably knew himself that his time was running out so he had his studio moved into the room and went to work donuts is the performance of a real master at work sculpting eerie left field swirls and stabs which are as deep in soul as they are wide and funk there are there are no mcs on board just dilla flicking switches and loving, lovingly putting a unique shape on a thrilling collection of brilliant beats when Dilla died, he left behind a large unpaid tax bill, a messy series of contracts managing the rights to his work, and a bunch of unfinished albums. So there, there have been other posthumous releases. These include The Shining, where Detroit jazz drummer Kareem Riggins put the final 
finishing production touches to tracks featuring the likes of Common, D'Angelo, and Busta Rhymes, and fantastically grimy Rough Drafts. His collaboration with Madlib on Champion Sound and 28 previously unreleased instrumental tracks rounded up by Pete Rock for Jay Stay Paid. There's also unreleased works in the archives, such as the long-lost album The Diary, which is amazing. There's also been a ton of tributes to Dilla's sound and impact, both from those who've worked with him to those who were touched by the records he made. One of the most interesting tributes was a suit was a suite from Ma Dukes, a release and a live event organized by composer Miguel Atwood Ferguson and producer Carlos Nino, featuring 60 pieces of orchestra and such collaborators as Bilal, Pasduna, Past Dunos, Talib Kweli, Kareem Riggins. Thundercat and Amp Fiddler playing and reinventing Dilla Productions. That series of shows became an album and a film directed by Limerick-born filmmaker Brian Cross from Okilla's Timeless series. Dilla's real legacy will live on in the music he had at hand, act, or in part while he was alive. The world didn't really take notice of his talents until after his death, so there are hundreds of tracks to grab your attention. One of my favorite Dilla tracks has been... Always been his remix of Janet Jackson's Got Till It's Gone in 1997. With Dilla's sample, Sublime Production making a pop record sound like an alien broadcast, the Joni Mitchell sample was perfectly pitched, but Dilla made the space and dynamics around the beat sound just like magic. For the hip-hop heads, there are many, many choices in the back pages. There's The Light by Common, a track which sounds totally timeless and anthemic. What he did with the far side on Running is equally majestic. As a light... A light as a breeze sound which resonates with such depth and width. He worked on D'Angelo's Voodoo album, though as uncredited, and his trademark sound is all over that opus. He had a big part to play in the Roots Things Fall Apart album, especially one of the standout tracks, Dynamite. I love that song. All this makes you wonder what could Dilla have done had he not succumbed to illness. As with any act who dies in their prime, you can speculate until the cows come home and about what what might have been. Dilla had worked with renowned hip-hop and soul acts, but imagine what would have happened if he had been paired with a pop act. Could Dilla's mix and match of electronic noises, eerie samples, and warm and evocative instrumental snatches have worked in tandem with a pop voice and tune? Listening back to his work on albums like Q-Tips Amplified or Erica Badu's Mama's Gun, there's no doubt that he has the skills and smarts to makes it that he has the skills and smarts to make such a big splash alas he ran out of road rest in peace jay dilla rest in peace and god bless jay dilla thank you all for listening to the episode i appreciate it so much um as always god bless and keep rocking in the free world god bless jay dilla send my condolences to his family and the dude is a legend. What is your favorite Jay Dilla track? I know that one of my favorite Dilla songs is working on it. Anyway, guys, I'll get back to you later. I'll be catching you around. And whatever outro I can do, I could do, but I'm not. Anyway, peace and love, people. Bye-bye.